In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Christ is born. Let us glorify Him. On this feast, we celebrate the incarnation of our Lord, God, and Savior, Jesus Christ. And to me, the incarnation is the most important doctrine of the Church, of Christianity. Our understanding of Christianity is the distinguishing feature of Christians and of of Christianity. The Jews, they deny the Incarnation. They deny it. And for this reason, they crucified the Lord. In John 10, after the Lord had said, I am the Good Shepherd, at the end of that passage, it's written that the Jews took up stones to stone Him. And Jesus answered them and saying, Many good works I have shown you from my Father. For which of these do you stone me? For which of these works do you stone me? The Jews answered him saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, because you being a man, you being a man, make yourself God. The Jews, they denied the incarnation. Islam categorically rejects the doctrine of incarnation or the concept of incarnation. And in their eyes, or their, their blind eyes rather, this is shirk, or this is idolatry. Because according to their book, God does not beget, neither begets, nor is begotten. And some people might say that Judaism, Islam, Christianity shared the same God. And this sounds nice, but unfortunately is not true. Is not true. Because our Lord Jesus Christ is God. He is begotten of the Father. He is God in the flesh. And this is what we are celebrating today. Even the religions of the East, they misinterpret incarnation, and they have many different types of incarnation in Buddhism and Hinduism, but we don't have to get into that today. The difference between all the types of religions of the world is the doctrine of incarnation. Incarnation. And most of the heresies of the church all centered on the Incarnation, the fullness of divinity and the fullness of the humanity of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's very important for us as Christians to understand the doctrine of the Trinity and the doctrine of the Incarnation. And the Incarnation is the work of the Trinity. When we think of Incarnation, we tend to think about the second person of the Trinity, The Logos. But it is very clear that the Father and the Holy Spirit, they both had a role in incarnation. The role of the Father, the role of the Father in incarnation is found in many places in the Gospel of St. John. That's why St. John is called the theologian. For example, you know this verse, John 3.16, For God so... Love the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. John 6, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of Him who 
who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me. That He has given me and I should lose nothing, but I should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of Him who sent me. He says it again. This is the will of Him who sent me. That everyone who sees the Son and believes in Him should have everlasting life. The Father sent the Son out of His great love for mankind. To save mankind... To give mankind eternal life. Because God loved mankind. And we'll come back to this point in a little bit. The Holy Spirit also had an important role in the incarnation. In the creed we say that our Lord Jesus Christ was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and of the Virgin Mary. And became... Man, the Archangel Gabriel told St. Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. And that's why Jesus is, is not his surname, but we always call him Jesus Christ. Christ means, means what? The the anointed one. The anointed one. But what was Christ anointed with? The Pauline epistle from tonight answers that in Hebrews chapter 1. St. Paul, he quotes from the Psalms. He quotes from Psalm 45. Psalm 45, the deacons all know it. That's the, the Psalm of... Maybe they don't know it. The Psalm of Pekethronos. Your throne, O God, is forever. And Psalm 45, after saying, your throne, O God, is forever, he says, therefore God, your God, therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than all your companions. This anointing is the result of the fullness of the Holy Spirit in Christ. St. John said in his Gospel, For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, and he does not give the Spirit by measure. He does not give the Spirit of measure. This means that the Holy Spirit, that Christ does not have just a little bit of the Holy Spirit. No, he has the fullness of the divinity of the Holy Spirit in him. The theology of the Incarnation, though, has some very practical applications and real lessons for our life. The Trinity was at work in the Incarnation, and the Trinity is at work in our salvation. I want to discuss with you three lessons that we can learn from the Incarnation. Let's start with the Father. As we said earlier, the Father, He had a plan. The Father's will was to... Save. The Father sent His Son out of His great love for mankind. And this love is the hallmark of Christianity. St. John says in his epistle, we read it this morning, He who does not love does not know God. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. And he says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone, everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Christ was incarnate. He became flesh. He was born so that we could be reborn. 
We are not reincarnate as the Buddhist or the Hindu believes, but we are reborn. Man, original man, descended from Adam. But those who are reborn, they are not descendant of Adam anymore. They are now descendant of Christ. Christ's birth teaches us that we need to be reborn. It is a lesson of love. And our rebirth is because of life. Because of love. Our rebirth is because of love. And it seems that God wanted us to understand this. And for this reason, even our first birth, the first birth from man, is the fruit of intimate love. Our regular birth from our parents stems from the parental love to increase and enlarge the family. And our birth from on high, our birth from on high stems from the divine love to become children of God. Because of the incarnation, we should recognize the divine love in our life. God wants us to be His children. Because of this love, we should share the divine love with each other. This is the first lesson of the Incarnation. The second lesson of the Incarnation is humility. Our Lord, He descended from the heights of His glory and honor that He rightfully deserves. And from the throne and before the the elders. And He came and was born in, in a manger with the animals. Humility is the emptying of yourself from the glory and honor that you rightfully deserve. You worked hard for your wages, but a humble person has no problem giving away his wages or giving away his glory or giving away his honor. Because this is what humility is. St. Paul says this to the Philippians. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. No reputation. Taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man. If you want to experience the incarnation of our Lord, you must empty out yourself. You must give up your spot for others. You must be willing to serve others. The incarnation was about service. The Incarnation teaches us to serve one another. Because of the Incarnation, we saw what godliness is. We read the scripture and we see the goodness. We see the mercy. We see the power. We see the grace of God. And when we see all of this in the scripture, we say, we come to the conclusion, Jesus, you are God. No one else could do what you have done. No one else could do this. And we say, this must be God. That's why St. Paul says in an epistle to, to Timothy, he says, Great is the mystery of godliness. Great is the mystery of godliness. God manifested in the 
in the flesh. The incarnation, as we read in the, in the Catholic epistle today, the incarnation made God tangible. Made God tangible. Someone, a wise person once said, if there is a God at all, then he must have Christ's eyes. He must have Christ's ways. He must have Christ's hands. He must have Christ's character. He must have, if there is a God, he must have Christ's humility. Your actions, your actions now, must make God tangible. That's how the incarnation will be alive in you. Your actions must make God tangible. We hear the word of God, but we should put legs to the word of God. We hear the word of God, we should put hands to the word of God. We must be the gospel to those who, who see us. That's why St. Paul said to the Corinthians, he said, clearly you are... An epistle of Christ. You are an epistle of Christ. Ministered by us. Written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. That brings us to the third lesson of the Incarnation. The Holy Spirit that dwelled in the Theotokose Mary is the same Holy Spirit that dwells in us. But just as a baby starts out small, we start out as spiritual children. And even though a baby is small, it contains the fullness. It has all the capabilities of the adult. And as we grow, as we grow, like grow, when we grow, we are supposed to grow in our spiritual life. We're supposed to grow in our spiritual life. As our vessel increases, our appetite for God should also increase. And that's what I want to ask you. Is your appetite for God increasing? Increasing. Even the scripture says, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Baby Jesus is still fully God. But Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. His cup was full, but the cup of a child at the Kiddah. But as the cup grows, the cup gets bigger and it contains, becomes more and more full. And this is what how this is what this, like this describes how incarnation should affect our life. We should be growing in wisdom and in favor with God. It would be shameful. It would be shameful to be like the Hebrews or the Corinthians. And what St. Paul said to the Hebrews and the Corinthians, he said, by this time you ought to be teachers. Your body is growing, your mind is growing, but you still need someone to teach you. The elementary, the very basic stuff of the faith. You need milk, not solid food. Because the incarnation is not real to them. They are not growing in wisdom and stature. I want to end with a famous story of a famous Catholic saint. His name is Father Damien. Father Damien 
um, served in a place on the island of, in Hawaii named Molokai. And he served in the 1800s when there was a, a big epidemic of leprosy that was plaguing Hawaii. And so for the protection of everyone on the island, anyone who had leprosy, goodbye, go to the island of Molokai and die in peace. And so this island became full of people that would just go to this island to die. And this didn't sit well for a priest named Father Damien. And he volunteered to go to the island of Molokai, knowing that going to this island would be certain death. It would be a death sentence. So, in 1873, Father Damien went to this island and he lived with 700 lepers. And he served them for 12 years, building hospitals, building churches, building clinics, and building a lot of coffins. And in his 12 years... In, the, in his twelfth word year, actually he used to give sermons, and every time he used to start a sermon, he used to start in the same way. And he used to start his sermon, my dear brethren. But in this sermon, in his twelfth year, he started his sermon a little differently. He said, my fellow lepers, my fellow lepers, I am one of you now. And shortly after, Father Damien passed. My dear brethren, this is the fruit of incarnation. Father Damien loved these people so much. He exemplified the humility of God by leaving his place. He had a nice church. And even his bishop said, Don't go. Why are you going to go to this place? Everyone at this place is going to die. But he left his place of honor and glory in the priesthood to go serve the poorest of the poor. He took the sickness of others. He bore with the oppressed. He served them with all his effort, with all his diligence. He reminded me of what St. Paul said about our Lord Jesus Christ. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God. He didn't have a disease, he didn't have any sickness, but he took the sickness of others. He bore with the oppressed. This priest full of the Holy Spirit and shows us what the life of incarnation should do to us. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Amen.